congratulations. You've made it through the first week of 2023. Would you just give yourself a hand and yeah, come on, right? One down, 51 to go. That's awesome. You're doing a great job. How many of you have already like reneged on one of your resolutions? Any hands? Yeah. How many of you are so smart and wise that you stopped making resolutions a long time ago so you feel much better about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a resolutions guy, but I am a guy who believes in the power of focus. If you've been around Journey, you've heard me say this so many times. We actually even did a sermon series a long time ago called Focus. And here's what I've come to realize. We move in the direction of our focus. Um, I didn't have good eye-hand coordination, so I didn't play basketball or soccer or football or anything, but I could run. Um, and even that, not that fast, but, but I could run. And so I, what, one of the first things that you learn as a runner in middle school is you learn, man, you, keep your eye on the direction that you're running in. Because if you even do like one of these, it's going to slow you down. You're going to lose momentum. Like we move in the direction of our focus. And you've realized this before when you're walking. Have you ever been at a place like Cedar Point? And you've been walking along and you see something like over on the side and you look at it and the next thing you know, like you've, you're like not even walking with your friends anymore, like you're over in it. We move in the direction of our focus. And what I wanted to do this morning is to just give us all at Journey Church just a, a focus, just to move towards something that we, we can have in common and we can say this is going to be our focus, at least for the next week. But maybe for many of you, you might say, hey, for 2023, it's not a resolution. It's just saying, hey, this is a great focus. It's a great way to aim my life for this next year. And so uh, I'm going to invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 26, or if if you don't want to turn there, we actually gave you a card as you came in that has our our verse that we're going to be looking at this morning. This morning, I'm going to get so deep into scripture that we're going to look at one verse. And we're going to, and this is a verse, Isaiah 26. If you want to turn to it, you'll see the context in Isaiah chapter 26 is that Isaiah is looking forward. This is a, this is a chapter of praise. It's a chapter. He's looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. He's looking forward to the new Zion, the new place where, where Jesus will rule and reign. And, and you know, the new heavens and the new earth is going to be incredible. You know that? Let me tell you how incredible it will be. Uh, the other day I was reading in Ezekiel. And I can't even tell you the exact chapter. It's the second to last chapter of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is talking about the new heavens and the new earth. And he's talking about the abundance of fish. And he literally talks about men on the the shoreline fishing and the amount of fish that they catch in the new heavens and the new earth. Some of you guys in this room, that should have listed an amen. Come on, right? Amen? Like, I'm telling you, new heavens and the new earth isn't just going to be us sitting on a cloud, playing a harp in a gaudy, oversized choir robe for all of eternity. There's going to be fishing for the glory of God. There's going to be discovery. There's going to be adventure. There's going to be dancing and eating. And it's going to be an incredible place. And it'll all be not to one-up somebody else. It's all going to be for the glory of God. Isn't it going to be amazing? So Isaiah, Isaiah is looking forward in Isaiah chapter 26. He's looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. And, and he, he, he says something just kind of in response in verse 8. And this is a verse that I, I memorized back in the early 2000s through the ministry of a guy named Louis Giglio. And uh, I remember memorizing this. Well, uh, uh, in between the week of Christmas and New Year's, in fact, this morning, I was going to go in a complete direction, but in the week between Christmas and New Year's, I woke up one night, it was probably like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up like literally reciting this verse, which by the way, this isn't the sermon, but this is the power of memorizing scripture. 
When you memorize scripture, you put God's word in your heart, the Holy Spirit is able to bring it back at just the right moment. Sometimes it could be a decade later. So here it is. I I can't remember what day of the week it was, but it's between Christmas and New Year's. And I wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning, and this verse just is coming. I'm just... Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. And I'm I'm just declaring this and just, I don't know, it was just weird. Like, I was just like, that's a weird verse to just kind of like have, you know, on the tip of your tongue. And so I was just meditating on it. And then it's one of those verses that I just couldn't let go. Maybe you've never had that experience, but probably you've had an experience of a song that just won't let you go. And some of them, especially Eagle 99, you know, some of the songs that they play, you just go, oh, Lord, I don't want to have that song. Don't you want me, baby? And oh, no, no, I don't want that song in my head. Like, come on, I cast that out in the name of Jesus. I rebuke and renounce, but it's there, right? And you're just like, ah, I was just innocently waiting for a doctor's appointment, and I had to be playing that in the waiting room. And now it's there, right, in the whole rest of the day, you know? You're like, don't you? No, I don't want to sing that. So maybe, you've, maybe that's the closest example for you. For, for, this is how scripture can be when you memorize it. But it's not a no, it's a thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And you just walk around, you're just chewing on it, and you don't even mean for it to come. You're not trying to be spiritual or super holy or anything like that. It just, it just keeps coming back to your mind. That's how this verse has been for me. And like I said a minute ago, I had a different aim for this morning, but I just felt like God was saying, hey, this is for us as a church. This is a focus. This is a way to aim our lives for 2023. So I already recited it a second ago, but when you take that card, and together, can we, can we recite this word together? And then we're going we're gonna to go through recite this verse uh, together and and then what I want to do is just take the rest of our service to unpack this one verse it's so powerful there's so much going on in here so here we go you all ready everyone's got it here we go let's say it together yes Lord walking in the way of your laws we wait for you your name and renown are the desire of our hearts Isaiah 26 verse 8 all right now that you know what we're doing we're going to do it again okay Everyone's on the same page. You know how we're doing this? Let's say it again. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our hearts. I love this verse. In fact, I would tell you these first two words are, is one of the most powerful prayers that you could ever pray in life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I I love these two words. It's such a powerful prayer. In fact, I would want for every follower of Jesus in this room that that would be your heart's prayer for 2023. Just a simple, yes, Lord. Some of you are going, well, wait a second. What is the object of that? Like, I'm not just going to pray, yes, Lord, without knowing what I'm saying yes to. And I would just submit to you, that's the whole point of that prayer. Just yes, Lord. Here's a blank check. I've already signed my signature. You can write in the amount. Whatever you want from me, God, the answer is yes. Yes, Lord. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus was teaching. Remember that time? Some of you will remember this. If you don't, I'll, I'll, I'll unpack it for you. There's a moment early on in Jesus' ministry 
where Jesus had been praying and his disciples catch him in the act of prayer and his disciples who are all Jewish young men, mostly teenagers, but these teenage Jewish young men had been around prayer their whole lives. They had prayers memorized for everything before they would eat on their way to the temple on all the Passover and all the high holy days. They, they knew prayer way better than we know prayer. They knew prayer, but they saw Jesus praying and there was something inside of them that went, man, we thought we knew prayer. We don't know prayer. Like this guy prays with an authority. He prays and it seems like God is actually listening and going to do something about it, right? And so they come up to Jesus and they say, Jesus, you've got to teach us. And it's so incredible. They don't ask Jesus, you know, teach us how to heal or Jesus, teach us how to preach. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, right? We want to pray. We want to, have, we want to have an effectiveness about our prayers like you have when you pray. And so Jesus taught them a prayer that we've kind of taken, and in the last 2,000 years, we've kind of made this just into this, you know, mantra, this mindless, you know, let's say it as quickly as I can. I think I timed myself. I did the Lord's Prayer. Oh, man, how many seconds? Uh, this was a while ago. But some of you, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, will be done. Right? Amen? And then you check it off your list. How many of you grew up, like, in a tradition where it was kind of like, let's say, as quickly as we can, we can check it off our list, and we can say we did our prayer, right? Maybe you had to do a few Our Fathers and then a few other uh, prayers mixed in with it. But you think about it, this wasn't just a prayer to say as quickly as you can. It was a model of prayer. He says, our Father, right? A couple weeks ago, we had a whiteboard, and we talked about the attributes of a perfect Father. I'm telling you, I, I use the Lord's Prayer almost every morning when I'm praying. And I'll go through, and I just stop. I'll say, our Father. And I'll remind myself of those attributes of a perfect Father. Who art in heaven. You're, you're not just limited to a perfect earthly Father. Like, you're over all. Hallowed be your name. I just think, oh, let's just declare the greatness of God, the, the power of God, the holiness of God, the awe of God. God, help me to grow in all of you. Help me to grow in the fear of the Lord. And then, and then there's this line, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right here on earth, right here at 565 South State Route 19, Fremont, right here on earth as it already is in heaven, right? You know what Jesus was teaching his disciples in that moment? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, your kingdom, not my kingdom. See, we walk around in our default, just as human beings, is to say, man, what can I get out of this? How can I look good in this situation? We, we, we all, it's not just you, it's me included, we all are selfish just as our default, right? And Jesus says, no, no, I want you to be different. Yes, Lord, it's not my kingdom, it's not my will. It's great to have plans. Proverbs says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the purposes of the Lord that prevail, right? So it's just saying, God, I take all that I am, all that I have, and I hold it loosely, and I say yes to you. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go there. Wherever you want me to stay away from, I'll stay away from. Whatever you want me to do, the answer is yes. Whatever you don't want me to do, that maybe I think is important to do, but you say no, the, okay. Whatever you want me to say, the answer is yes. Whatever you don't want me to say, the answer is yes. Yes, Lord. Would you say those two words with me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's a powerful prayer. Yes, Lord. It's a prayer of surrender. And this is a prayer I'd really challenge you. If there's no other prayer that you pray in 2023, that you would wake up every day just going, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord, I am here for you. It's not that you are here for me. I, 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 I exist for your praise and for your glory. I want to be a servant of yours today. Yes, Lord. So out of the overflow of yes, Lord, there's three things that we see. And if you want to follow along in your notes, we'll, we'll walk through these real quick. But out of yes, Lord, first of all, we see the action is we walk. Would you say that with me? We walk. Now that you know what you're saying, let's say it again. We walk. We walk. Yes, Lord, walking in your ways. We walk, right? In other words, it's not about me. It's not about what I think. It's not about my opinion. It's about God's laws. It's about his truth. This, this phrase, walking in the way of your laws. If you're looking it up in your uh, translation, which might be a little bit different, some translations use the phrase walking in the, way, in the path of your judgments. Walking in the path of your judgments. And here's, here's where I want to push you a little bit. I think this year you and I need to nail down do we really believe that God is the perfect judge? Now, in church, it's easy for us to say, yeah, I believe it. But let me just push you a little bit without you giving me any kind of physical response. Do you really believe that God is a perfect judge? That all of his judgments are right, are true? See, out of the yes, Lord, one of the things is, is God, I'm going to walk in not in my judgments, not in my opinions, not in how I think things should be. God, I'm going to walk in your way, in your judgments. I'm going to walk according to your path, according to your law. Even when I don't like what you have to say. Even when I don't, when I don't necessarily agree with it. God, I am going to walk in the way of your judgments. See, God is looking for a generation. And when I say generation, I don't just mean the young people. I mean all of us. He's looking for a generation that will stop mindlessly following the norms of Hollywood and Wall Street and Washington, D.C. See, everything, everything that's going around in us, everything, everything that you watch, everything that you read, there's an agenda behind it. And I'm not saying because the author necessarily has an agenda. I'm just saying the evil one has an agenda. And this agenda is seeping into everything that we watch and consume and we read. And I'm just saying we have to pay attention. I'm not, I'm not saying now we stick our heads in the sand and we don't pay attention to these things. Or we don't watch anything. Or we don't listen to anything. Or we don't read anything. But you and I have to understand and, and ask the question, what is the agenda in what I'm watching? Parents, I'm telling you, when you watch a new animated film, you better be paying attention to the agenda. Because it's there. There is an agenda. And again, I'm not casting blame on the people, the producers, the directors, the right. I'm just saying the, the evil one wants to get his agenda. And for you and I, this becomes especially hard in the generation that we live in to say, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your judgments, in the path of your judgments. I'm not, a, I'm not against anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying that I'm going to follow the way of God's laws. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm fully surrendered to you. Out of that, I'm going to walk in your judgments. I'm going to walk in your ways. Secondly, so we walk. Yes, Lord, we walk. The second thing is we wait. We wait. Would you say that with me? We wait. 
we wait. Can I tell you, this is such a hard thing. The verse says, yes, Lord, walking the way of your laws, we wait for you. We wait for you. Now, I was looking this up in the Hebrew. Obviously, Isaiah didn't write this in English. Isaiah writes this in Hebrew. And I'm looking at this, this phrase, we wait for you. And in the Hebrew, it's the word kava. And to really say it in Hebrew, you got to get it guttural. Kava. Kava. It's really not a phrase in Hebrew. It's basically this word kava. And this is so interesting. This word literally means to bind together. What he's saying, he's, when he says, we wait for you, he's not like, I'm going to sit on the couch and stifle some yawns and watch some Netflix while I wait for you to do the thing that you're doing. What he's saying is, God, my, yes, Lord, I'm going to walk in your judgments, and here's the deal. I am binding myself to you. Whew. I'm binding myself to you. I'm eagerly, expectantly waiting for what you are going to do. When I was reading this and, and, and putting the sermon together, my mind was drawn to a, a, a story in the Gospels where Jesus is now pretty far along in his ministry. He's getting closer and closer to the time of his death. And he's been, you know, he had these crowds. We know of one crowd where it was just 5,000 men alone. He'd have these crowds, which back in the ancient world, that just didn't happen. Because there was, no, there was no sound systems, and there was no arenas like we think of them. So to have that many people, if there was 5,000 men, that probably means with women and kids, it could have been 10,000 plus people that are hearing Jesus speak. And so the disciples are just like out of their minds, like, this is incredible, right? Like, everybody knows me when I go to the grocery store, right? They're all like, you hang, yeah, this is so cool, right? I've got my security shirt on, or I got my staff shirt on. You know, I get to go backstage. It's really awesome, right? And so Jesus, Jesus has had these huge crowds, but but suddenly Jesus is in a place. Jesus is in a place in his ministry where he starts pivoting, and instead he starts preaching some really harsh, difficult things. You're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And suddenly people are like, you know what? I'm not into that song as much. Like, I liked the, his last album, but this album is a little too negative for me. And people start leaving. This is, it. This is, in the, this is literally in John chapter 6. They, they just start leaving. And now the crowds, instead of being in the thousands, they're not even in the hundreds anymore. Even some of the people, the groupies who had been going from city to city with Jesus, even some of those followers start bailing on him. And one day Jesus is maybe having lunch with his disciples and, and there's been talk about this and he looks at his disciples and he just says, hey, you guys taking off too? In fact, let me, let me read it exactly from John chapter 6, verse 66. It says, at this point, many of Jesus' disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? And I love this response from Peter. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. I, I love this. To, to whom would we go? You alone have the words of life. Peter goes, I don't have a plan B. I have bound myself to you. And I know other people don't necessarily like what's up, but I've bound myself to you. I don't have an exit ramp. 
You alone have the words of life. I am with you no matter what. And I'm telling you, I think God is looking for some people in 2023 that would say, yes, Lord, walking in your way, in the path of your judgments, I am binding myself to you. I'm waiting for you. Even when I don't like the timing, even when it seems like you're late, even when it seems like you're not coming through with your promises, God, I have bound myself to you. I'm not going anywhere else. You alone have the words of life. Some of you, like this is easy for some of us because life is hunky-dory and it's going exactly the way that we have it planned. But there's a few of you in this room that waiting for God's timing is really hard because there's something inside of you. And, and it's just inside of all of us in different seasons of our lives that just wants to take matters into our own hands. Right? Right? We're going through, a whole group of us at Journey are going through the one-year Bible, and, and we just read a passage in the last couple of days of Abraham and Sarah. Just, you know what? Maybe we can just take matters into our own hands. Maybe, maybe we can kind of force God a little bit in this situation. It never goes well. It never goes well. God is looking for a generation that will just say, yes, Lord. I don't understand what's going on around me, but I just say yes to you. I'm fully surrendered to you. I'm going to walk in the path of your judgments. I'm going to walk in the way of your laws. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to bind myself to you. We walk. We wait. Then here's the third one. We worship. We worship. We walk. We wait. We worship. Would you say this third one with me? We worship. Come on, say it louder. We worship. We worship. I love this line. It's one of my favorite lines of this verse. I love all the lines. It's like my kids, right? I, I love them. This, this is one of my favorites. Your name and your renown are the desire of my heart. Your name and your renown. See, something, something has shifted in our culture, and probably some of you guys have identified this. It, 20 years ago, you know, back in the early 2000s and then beyond that, you know, 90s, 80s, 70s, you know, all the way back. If you asked a kid, hey, punk, no, I'd never say that to a kid. Hey, kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm talking about like a first grader, second grader, third grader. What do you want to be when you grow up? And, and if you would have asked this question in the early 2000s and then beyond, you would have heard answers like, I want to be a ballerina. You know, I want to be a firefighter. I don't know a first grader that would have that deep of a voice, but maybe. That would be kind of weird, right? You know, like, I mean, you would hear these kind of, I mean, maybe they would change from generation to generation, like, in what was cool, you know, like, there's an age where I want to be an astronaut or, or that type of thing. I'm telling you now, and all the, all the statistics will prove this, and some of you parents will nod your heads vehemently. Now, when you ask a kid what do they want to be when they grow up, by large, the most prominent answer is, I want to be famous. Like, it's not even like, a, it's, I want to be famous. I want to have my own YouTube channel. I want to have a social media platform where millions of people are following me. It's really insidious. It's really interesting how this has shifted. Yet research tells us, I hate to squash the dreams of all these people who want to have their own YouTube channel and have millions of people following you. Research tells us, this is literally true, that only 0.0086% of the world's population will be famous. So I was looking up those odds, and I was like, okay, what, what, are, what are those odds? It's the same exact, basically the same exact odds, give or take a, a, a point, whatever, uh, of winning a million dollars in the lottery. Basically, it's the same exact odds. If your deepest longing is for fame, you will be disappointed. 
And this isn't just for the young people in this room. This is for the, some of us, we just walk around and, man, if I just had this, if I could just get, if I could get this position, if I could get this promotion, if I could blah, blah, blah. Listen, if, if, if you, it'll never satisfy. But what if your longing shifted? What if you decided to live your life to make Jesus famous? Now, before you send me the emails, Jesus is already famous. He's already the greatest. He can't get any greater. He can't improve. We call this in theological circles his immutability. He can't, he can't get any better because he's already the best. He's not going to get any worse. He's not going to diminish. He's already the greatest. So when we, when we talk about making Jesus famous, he's already the greatest. He's already the best. But do you know there's a whole generation that doesn't know who he is? Right here. I mean, I'm not talking about in Africa. I'm talking about students right here in Fremont City Schools and Clyde Greenspring City Schools. I'm talking right here in the, whatever school district you're in. There are kids, I promise you, there are elementary school kids, there are middle school kids who don't know who Jesus is. And you say, how do you know that? Because I've mentored kids where I brought up the name of Jesus. Shh, don't tell anybody in school districts because they've talked about demonic activity in their home. And I've said, well, let me tell you, since you brought up demons, I'll bring up Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? No. Who's Jesus? I'm not talking about your Hispanic friend, Jesus. I'm talking about <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what if we just said, I'm going to live my life. Your name, your renown are the desire of my heart. I'm just going to live my life. If no one ever knows my name, that's fine, as long as I know the name of Jesus. Because there's no other name given under heaven by which we might be saved, but the name of Jesus, crucified, risen, ascended, exalted, the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's breakthrough and freedom in the name of Jesus. What if this year we commit to filtering every major decision through a simple question, will this response glorify God? What, here, you know, and what I'm praying about is there an answer, is there a solution that will make much of the fame of God? Well, maybe that's the direction he's calling me to. So let's go back to this verse, if you still have this in front of you. Let's say, let's say this together, and think, think about what we're saying here. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Okay, now that you found the card and halfway through it, you started figuring out where you were supposed to say, let's, let's do it again. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Here's my challenge. Why don't you memorize this this week? Just carry it around with you, put it in your pocket, put it in the place where all of your coins are at, or whatever, whatever, wherever you're going to be reaching to. If you're a foodie, put it like in the refrigerator on that food that you always like to go to. <laughs> Let, let's just, let's just decide, this is a great verse to memorize, it's a great aim, it's a great focus. And along with that, um, beginning tonight and throughout this week, some of, you, some of you have known this, some of you haven't known this, we are giving a, a concentrated, Journey Church is giving a concentrated week to prayer and fasting this week. Now, we, we believe every week should be a week of prayer. But there's something about saying this is going to be our focus at the very beginning of this year, that this is a week of prayer. So what are, we, what are we doing with that? I would just encourage you, give extra time to God in prayer this week. 
And it doesn't mean that, you know, if you're, if you're a person who has never prayed, that you're now praying an hour. If you've never prayed, just decide, I'm going I'm to give you five minutes of prayer. If you're someone who's prayed five minutes every day, maybe just say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give ten minutes of prayer. I'm just saying that this would be a week that we say, I'm going to do more than I have. Of just spending time in prayer with God. Here, here at the church, to, to just kind of help it a little bit, is, is this worship center is going to be open, lights on, heat on, music playing from 6 to 8 a.m., Every day and from 6 to 8 p.m. every day, beginning tonight. And the whole goal of those times is maybe on your way to work or maybe on your way home from work, that you would just come not for the whole 6 to 8 time, you know, not for two hours. Unless you, I mean, that's great if you want to do it. But maybe you'd come in and just say, you know, for 15 minutes, I'm just going to come into church, find this place where I can just have peace and just pray. We're going to have several people available the whole times during those prayer times to be able to pray with you if you need prayer, if you want prayer. Otherwise, they're going to leave you alone. They're not going to be chatting you up when you've come into the room to pray, but they're going to be available if you just say, hey, I need someone to agree with me in prayer. That's what they're going to be here for. We're going to have stations all over the place. Some of you already saw the posters that are on the walls, and, and if you don't know what to pray, maybe you go, I wouldn't know what to pray for 15 minutes. Well, we'll give you the resources. There's going to be communion set up that you can take communion. There's going to be a missions table. There's going to be a place to write down names of unsaved loved ones and stick them up next to the cross. There's going to be a place where you can write down your prayer requests and, and then pray for other people who have written down their prayer requests. We're just going to, for, for this week, we're just going to make a concentrated effort of prayer. And I would just challenge you, if you can come, you, know, you don't even have to come every single day or for every single time, but, but that you would find some time this week that you would say, hey, I'm going to schedule this. I'm going to put it in my calendar right now just to come by. Friday night at 7 o'clock, we're actually going to have like a prayer concert, a time of worshiping God and praying together. And uh, we'd love to have you come for that. And I was just thinking about these phrases, we walk, we wait, and we worship. So we walk, this is just, just humor me for a moment, we walk, I'm a pacer when I pray. Some of you, some of you, this is the reason why you can't pray because you think prayer is kneeling at a bed and you kneel at your bed and after about 30 seconds your knees start hurting and you start feeling all these things and you run out of things. I, when I pray, I'm a pacer. So I'm just, so when I pray, I'm, I'm going to be walking around this room a lot this week praying over these posters. We walk, we wait, prayer is, prayer is also waiting, listening. Not just talking, not just rambling. Prayer is just sitting down and just saying, okay, God, I'm giving you the next two minutes. I'm just going to be quiet. I just want to listen to what you might want to say. We worship. Prayer is declaring the greatness of God. Instead of magnifying my own fears and insecurities, it's saying, God, I'm going to make much of you. And it all starts with yes, Lord. It all starts with yes, Lord. Maybe you're here the second Sunday of January 2023. And you need to say, yes, Lord. Maybe for you, you've been living your life for yourself. And this morning, there's just a, there's a point of surrender of saying, you know what? I'm going to finally say yes. I'm going to finally go all in. I'm going to fully surrender my life to Jesus. Can I ask, if, if, would everybody stand to your feet for a moment? We're getting ready to dismiss you if you're looking at your clock. or Well, you probably don't have a clock well, on your phone, I guess. We just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I, I want to speak to, maybe you're here this morning and you say, Ken, I, I need to say, I, I need to finally say yes to God. Maybe, maybe you've been a churchgoer, maybe, maybe you've been religious, maybe you've, you know all the right answers to all the Sunday school questions. Some of you in this room know scripture better than me. It's, it's not about knowledge, it's about have you finally surrendered yourself and just said, yes, Lord.
I'm all in with you. I'm not playing around. I'm giving myself fully to you. Yes, Lord. I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to bind myself to you that there's no plan B. I'm going to burn the ships. Your name, your renown is now going to be the desire of my heart. If that's you, and we're not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to call you forward, but if that's you and you say, Ken, I, I need to say yes to God today. I, I, I have not been saying yes to him. I've been living my life for myself, for my name, following my own judgments and my own paths of wisdom. This morning, I want to surrender to him. I want to say yes to him. If that's you all over this room, would you just raise your hand right now so I can pray with you, for you? Yeah. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah, I see you over there. I see you. I see you. You can lower your hands after you've raised them. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for each one of these individuals who have responded to you and just said yes to you. God, would you empower them through your spirit this week, not just, in a, not just in a church service on a Sunday morning, but on Monday as they head to work. That their posture, their focus, the, the, the direction that they move in would be, yes, Lord. We walk. We wait. We worship. If you raise your hand and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you've never humbled yourself and said, Jesus, I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he was crucified, risen, ascended, and exalted. Only Jesus has the power to bring about change in my life. If you've never done that, I encourage you just under your breath right now just to, just to pray that prayer, just as a whisper. Have mercy on me. I've sinned against you. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you were crucified to take my punishment. You were resurrected from the grave, proving your power and your authority. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.